Hello, 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 and thank you so much for joining me for the podcast of The True Power From Within. I do pray each and every day this podcast touches you in the most amazing and encouraging way. I am your host, Melody Ferris Tucker, and I am so grateful that you are here. So today I am calling this podcast that unfulfilled longing. Um, As most of you know, if you've been here a while, you know that I get up every morning. I have a very structured morning routine and I, um, I listen to a podcast or I listen to, um, something on YouTube that's inspirational or, um, spiritual or whatever it is. Well, over this past week, um, I don't look and see what it's about. Like I look at the title and I click on it and I listen to it. And twice this week, I have heard a word about Hannah and I was like, Mm, you know, let me dig into this, right? And so I have this book called from T.D. Jakes called When Women Pray. And I started looking in that book and I started um, reading in 1 Samuel 1 about Hannah's story. And if you don't know Hannah's story, let me give you a breakdown of Hannah's story. So Hannah's story is she is married to a very wealthy man, okay? Um you know, and of course her husband has two wives, one, which is Hannah, which he loves very, very dearly. And the other one, not so much, right? But he has two wives, but the the difference between the two wives is one can have children and one cannot. And it says in the word that God had closed her wound. Every year they go and they sacrifice and they pray and they have this big uh, shindig, right? And the thing about the other wife is the other wife always, um, you know, talks about or reminds Hannah of what she doesn't have, okay? And I want to put this in in today's terms so that we can understand it. And I'm going to reference the word as I'm doing this, okay? But how often in life are we reminded of lack, the lack of something, okay? And here, here I'm going to use myself as an example because um, I can very much see my story being very relatable to Hannah's story. Not that my actual wound was closed. Okay. But I can relate to Hannah in a sense of, I was a child that always felt like I was lacking in having a mother. Okay. I always felt like I was lacking in, um, being able to, you know, have that one house that I live in all the time and the happy family and the relationships with your siblings and the relationship with your mom. And that's carried on for years, right? And I always felt like I was lacking something. And then I became an addict, right? And, um, physically abused as a child. And then I became an addict and then I ended up in prison. So how much more lack did that add to what was already there? Right. And how oftentimes are we reminded in our daily lives of what we are lacking? Now that could be, um, you're seeing someone that you know, and they're way far ahead of you. I have, in the past, I have looked at the people that I'm friends with on Facebook that I, we used to have the greatest fun together when we were kids, right? They would walk to my grandparents' house. I saw 
um, I saw a post that I had posted, I think a year or two ago, um, when I drove by my grandparents' old house and I took a picture in front of it and I started, you know, reminiscing about all of my first in that house, right? That's the only house I knew as I was growing up. I never knew anything else. That was where all my Christmases were, Thanksgiving were, if we were all separated as a family, we all came back together as a unit in that house during Christmas and Thanksgiving. And, um, you know, in that was my safe space as a child. And so some of the kids, some of the well, kids, we're all grown now. Um, but they started chiming in saying, oh my gosh, your grandpa had the best hugs. Oh my gosh, the memories that we had in that house. And oh my gosh, how much fun we had in that house. And, and, you know, I was like, oh my gosh. But then that brought back like the lives that they had, right? When I would go to their house, right? And their family dynamic and, you know, how they operated. I always sell myself in the, in in a lack, right? Because my, you know, my life didn't turn out like theirs. And even once I got out of prison and I started getting back on Facebook again, I started seeing them and they all have these great jobs and these great families and they're great moms. And, and again, I go back to, I am lacking in something. And so Hannah always felt like she was lacking in the ability to give birth, right? So in one point in the scripture, she says to her husband, I am not better to you than 10 sons. How often do we talk to ourselves like that? How often do we say that to other people? Well, that'll never happen to me. You know, um, I am a convicted felon. I am a, you know, a drug addict or, um, you know, this, I don't have a mom or I don't have a dad or I was sexually abused or I was physically abused or I was in domestic violence and that will never happen to me. How many times do we remind ourselves every day of something that we have had an unfulfilled longing for, for so long? And Hannah, um, you know, as they go to this, this shindig, I'm going to call it, that they do yearly, okay, you would think that, and it, and it mentions in here that Hannah was married to a wealthy man, right? So in today's time, oh, when you're happy or when you're wealthy, you should be happy. That's not true. Because you can see some of the people in our world who have the most amount of money and we hear on the news they're going to rehab or we hear on the news that they've committed suicide or we hear on the news that they're in jail just because you have a lot of money does not mean that you're going to be happy right and we see this in scripture because it says that she um that she was married to a very wealthy man so but she could not bear kids. Well, in that time, that was basically how you knew if a woman was worthy is if she could bear children, right? So Hannah has this unfulfilled longing and it says in the scripture, and and here I want to back up for a second because so Hannah was there with the family, 
right? She was there with her rival, right? The other wife who is constantly reminding her of what she doesn't have or what she's not capable of doing. And I'm sure saying, oh, God doesn't love you as much as he loves me because, you know, I'm able to bear children and you can't bear children. Therefore, your husband's not going to love you. But in fact, not only was she married to a wealthy man, her husband loved her dearly, even more so than the other wife who basically taunted her all of the time. And it says that, um, you know, Hannah would go and she would not eat and she would cry when she would, you know, go to these events because how often do we go to church, right? Um, for those of you who go to church, right? Or when we go into a large setting or into a family setting, okay? Because usually there's a lot of dysfunction in families. So we can just say that we go into um, a Thanksgiving or Christmas and we're with family and, you know, maybe you had a rough start, but you've got a sibling that is, um, you know, has went to college and, you know, they're doing their thing and, you know, that you look like you're lacking something because they're so much farther along than you, right? And how often do you think that they're talking about you or they're, you know, they're looking down upon you as if, you know, oh, well, you know, whenever she gets rid of them drugs, she, she'll be all right. Or, oh, well, maybe you should have went to college if you want more money, you know, and how they talk about you, rather to your face or behind your back. And that's what Hannah dealt with all of the times so that she was constantly reminded of the unfulfilled longing that she had to have a child. How many times are we reminded either in our daily lives or by someone who supposedly is supposed to love us or care about us that we're lacking in something as if we don't know, right? But in this, this shindig that they're at, right? Um, Hannah gets up and she leaves the party. Okay. And she's walking down the street, diligently praying, right? She's decided to open her mouth and say, God, please, if you will do this for me, this is very relatable. I will, if you give me a child, I will give this child back to you. If you bless me, if you open my wound, if you answer my prayers, Lord, if you um, give me this career that I want, if you give me the house that I want or the car that I want or, you know, the child that I want or, you know, whatever it is that you're praying for and you're, you're, you know, you've had, you've, you've got to your breaking point and you said, God, you begin to open your mouth, right? When we get to that point, and here's it is again for me, when I got into prison or into jail, guess what I began to do? I was at my lowest. I was at my breaking point and I began to open my mouth and I began to cry out to God. How, you know, how relatable is this, Hannah, to us? Because oftentimes we wait till we get into a situation where our back is against the wall, where we have nothing else to lose, right? And then we begin to open our mouth, right? We get to that breaking point and we say, God, I can't take this anymore. This goes along with a lot of other things in our lives, right? If 
if we are, you know, praying to God diligently for something, okay, I need a financial breakthrough, Lord God. Take this addiction from me, Lord God. Lord God, bring my children back to me. Lord, you know, let, let me not be homeless. Let me get out of this addiction. Let me... Um, get this car that I need. Let me get this promotion that I need. Let me get this raise that I need. Father, help me to buy groceries this week. Lord, help me to buy or pay my electric bill this week. Like we get down when our back is against the wall and we begin to open our mouth. And that's what Hannah did. That's what Hannah did. She began to walk down the street. But listen, here's the catchy part, right? Because she began to walk down the street and she's crying and she's crying out to God and she's praying and she has just hit her breaking point. And she is, it says she is staggering in the streets, right? And, um, and then Eli, of course, there's always somebody watching you, right? There's always somebody watching you. There's always somebody judging you and, and watching everything that you do, right? Ready to say, you're doing that wrong, or you're not going to make it, or you're going to relapse again, or you're going to be back in prison. You're never going to get that career. You're never going to get that promotion. There's somebody always watching you. And Eli was watching her from across the street. And he said this, it says in Samuel 1 and 13, it says Hannah was praying silently and though her lips were moving, her voice could not be heard. Eli thought she was drunk. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, how long are you going to be drunk? Get rid of your wine. Somebody always there just assuming something, right? Always there just assuming and what did Hannah have to do? She had to protect herself. But here's the thing. Here's this. It says, I've don't think of me as a wicked woman. I have been praying from the depth of my anguish and resentment. Anguish and resentment or bitterness. Here's what I want to tell you. We always want to say, the devil is getting me. The devil is trying to attack me. Satan, not today. But can I change that for you? Here's what I want to tell you. She was being provoked. Not only was she being provoked by the other wife, taunted and provoked. And then she got provoked by Eli, right? But here, here's what I want to tell you. Sometimes when we as humans get provoked, we say, I'm, I'm going to make this happen because I'm going to show everybody that I'm worthy. I'm going to show everybody that I can do it. I'm going to show everybody that they were totally wrong about me. Right? And we let ourselves be provoked by somebody that is not any better than us. Somebody who also has an unfulfilled longing for something. Oftentimes when people are trying to provoke us or talk about us, it's because of an insecurity that they have, not an insecurity that you have. Sometimes they are provoking you based on their own trauma or their own lack or their unfulfilled longing of something. But in here we see that Hannah 
got up, right? She hit her breaking point, right? She was in the, sh- she was in the shindig, right? Eating and drinking and they were doing all the things, you know, they were having just a great old party. And she says, I have to separate myself from these people. How relatable is that? And I can tell you how relatable it is for me. Because I have learned in my life that my peace and my joy is more important to me than what anybody says about me. If you start trying to provoke me, I will revoke you without a second thought. I did this. I've had to do this. I always was envious of my siblings because they had their mother. I was always envious of these moms who look like they were super moms all the time. I was envious because I did not have that. But the more and more I saw that on social media, because she doesn't call me and check on me. She doesn't do any of that. But the more and more I saw that on social media, I had to separate myself from that. So I unfriended. No contact. Because my peace and my joy, and I know that everything happens for a reason. But sometimes when we get provoked, we want to prove to everyone else that you can do this or that you're worthy or, you know, that you're, you want to prove them wrong. But can I tell you that sometimes God provokes us towards greatness? Sometimes it's not always the devil that's provoking you. Sometimes it's not always him taunting you. Sometimes God needs to get you in a place where you can see something, right? In a place where you may feel like you're backed against the wall and all is lost. Because he's trying to provoke you towards greatness. And we see here that she's praying. But here is the thing that I want to tell you today. The bitterness. The resentment. The unfulfilled longing. The constant reminders of lack is not because God said, you're done. You're done. God remembers you always. You are not a lost cause. You are not an afterthought. You were not, um, you know, just placed here to be placed here. You were placed here for purpose. 
And he remembers you. And he hears all of your prayers. He sees all of your tears. He knows all of your worries over the future. But my question is, how long ago did you stop praying over those things? How long ago did you give up on that thing that God said you could have? What are those unfulfilled longings, dreams, and desires that you carry have carried for years? Are you praying about them? Or have you stopped praying about them? Here's the thing. In Hannah's story, we see that she separated herself from the mixed multitudes of people. And she opened her mouth and began to pray diligently. I think some of us think that we have to have these pastors or leaders or um, someone that is anointed or a prophet or somebody to pray over us for our prayers to be heard. But God says, I want you to open your mouth because you have an unfulfilled longing that is not being provoked by those people or those so-called people that love you or, um, you know, want the best for you or whatever that is, right? I am not provoking you into, you know, that unfulfilled longing. I am provoking you into greatness, but I need you to open your mouth because you stopped praying. Here's what I want to tell you. You know, my, my prayers sometimes, full transparency, um, they, they can be real petty sometimes because, because I'm petty, right? And, and, and they can be, um, you know, kind of hood sometimes. But God wants you to pray to him as who you are. Come to him not only as you are, but who you are. In all of the trauma, in all of the, you know, mindset of I'm lacking in something or all of the bitterness or resentment, all of those things. He says, come to me as you are, who you are. We can't fool God. We can't go to God and try to pray somebody else's prayer and think that, you know, he's going to hear us. He hears us, but he wants you to come to him with all of your everything, everything. He doesn't care that you pray these big fancy prayers or say the big fancy words or or any of that. He says, come to me as you are. And when Hannah began to do that, walking down the street, she separated herself from the mixed multitudes of people. She starts walking down the street thinking that she is crying out diligently and boom, here, here she is being provoked again, right? By Eli accusing her of being drunk. 
accusing her of being drunk and staggering and walking down the street. And he says, how long are you going to be drunk for? How long are you going to be an addict for? How, long, how, how many times are you going to go to prison? How many times are, are you going to say you're going to lose the weight? How many times, you know, are you going to ask for that promotion? How many times are you going to, you know, pray over that business? How many businesses are you going to start? People are always ready to remind you of your unfulfilled longing. They're always ready to say the bad things about you, right? My husband always says that, you know, if, if they see you at the liquor store, they're going to run and tell. If they see you at the dope house, they're going to run and tell. If, if they see you standing on the sidewalk, they're going to run and tell. But when you're praying to God or you're living right or you're bringing a word or you're doing a podcast or you're writing a book, they're not going to run and tell that. So you're always going to be reminded by people around you, but stop thinking of, you know, of, of, oh my gosh, they're, they're talking about me or, oh my gosh, you know, taking their opinions and, and, and giving it, and giving it weight in your life because their opinions don't matter, but begin to think about it as God is provoking you into something greater. Not that you have to prove yourself to anybody else because you owe nobody anything but you owe God everything and remind yourself, you know what, you know, even though I am being provoked or I'm being constantly reminded of what I don't have or, you know, or how unworthy I am to somebody or whatever it is, remember that God has already done it before because you're sober, but they keep reminding you of, of being an addict, right? I was constantly reminded, and I see it every day on social media, moms and daughters doing, you know, TikTok dances or going out for dinner and all of that. And and that was a longing that I had. But when I was in prison, I said to God, if you let me out of here, I will be the best mom that I know how to be. If I don't do anything else in my life, I will be the best mom that I know how to be. And I think I've done that. Do I fall short? I'm sure I do. But but I did that. I did that. Do I remind myself sometimes? Am I provoked sometimes that I wasn't there for a part of their life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you don't have to be constantly reminded of the shame and the guilt. Here's what I want to get to. After she was praying, walking down the street, accused of being drunk. When the party was over and they returned home. Because she opened her mouth. Because she opened her mouth. God opened her wound and blessed her with that child that she was diligently praying for in spite of the other wife giving her heck about it and reminding her of what she was lacking. 
in spite of someone accusing her of being drunk. In spite of anything, God is just waiting for you to open your mouth. He is provoking you into greatness. He is not saying, this is your last chapter. You might as well close the book. No. He's saying, turn the page. Open your mouth. Because Hannah had her baby. Just because you feel like your wound is closed right now does not mean that it is meant to stay closed. Just because you gave up on that dream or that goal or that thing that you knew down in your gut and in your spirit and in your soul that this is what you were supposed to be doing. But because it didn't come at the time that you wanted it to come does not mean that it's not going to come. It doesn't mean that God's not going to open up your wound. It doesn't mean that you're not going to um, have that baby that you've been praying for. God says, it's time for you to open up your mouth. It's time for you to get back in a season of praying for that thing or those things that you have had a burning desire in your heart for, for years. Those dreams and desires that you have been carrying for years. Because he is ready to open up your wound. But he cannot do it until you come to him as who you are, in all that you are, in all that you feel like you are lacking, in all of your resentment, in all of your bitterness, and all of your anger. Anger. If you want him to open up your wound, all you have to do is open up your mouth. Because you are not lacking in nothing. Just because those other people are reminding you every day that you're lacking in something, I want to remind you that everybody's lacking in something. Because we're all human. And When you're reminded of your lack, just know that that other person who is reminding you also has something that is unfulfilled in their life. They are also carrying bitterness and resentment. They are also being provoked by something, probably something different than you, but they're also being provoked. But instead of letting the bitterness and the anger overtake you, Because you're so worried about proving this person wrong or proving that person wrong or proving yourself to a family member that doesn't give a crap about you. God says, just open up your mouth. I am provoking you into greatness. Stop letting other people's opinions of you carry weight in your life. That doesn't serve you. What serves you is allowing me to provoke you into greatness for allowing me to prepare a table for you in front of your enemies. 
I don't know who needs to hear this today, but all of the hopes and the dreams and the desires that you've been carrying around for years, but you stopped praying for them, or you stopped talking to God about those, or you think that you've got to go to God in a specific way and say these big words and your prayers have to be, no, they don't have to be any type of way. You go to God as you are with all of your flaws and all of the things that you've been carrying that are no longer serving you and you lay them out on the table. Pray diligently over the things that your soul desires and that you know that God has given you because he is ready to allow you to go into labor but in, let's talk about having a baby. When you go in, when you have a baby, right? You live with an expectancy of this baby, right? And, and, and if anybody was to tell you that there was something going on with your baby, other than a doctor, would you believe them? Would you listen to them? No, probably not. Why? Because you see that baby forming. You feel that baby kicking. And then what happens? You begin to have labor pains. Don't think that just because you open your mouth and begin to pray that you're not going to be provoked anymore because there's going to be some labor pains. There's going to be some contractions. There's going to be those moments that you feel like I cannot do this anymore. I cannot push one more time. I just cannot. I am done. There are going to be labor pains when God opens up your womb. There's going to be labor pains. There's going to be contractions. But when you push through that pain and God provides you those things that you thought were dead in your life, you're going to realize that what everybody else said about you never mattered. So today, I want to tell you that God is ready to open up your wound, but he needs you to open up your mouth. He needs need you to get your oomph back for those things that he has placed in your spirit. And down in your, in, in your gut. And you know that this is what you're supposed to be doing. It's time to get that back. Get back to that. Praying for that. Asking for that. Calling out to God for that. And think that he's provoking you for greatness. Stop allowing others to provoke you. Because they're human just like you. So... I hope that this touches the ears that needs to hear it today. And uh, I hope that it made sense and I hope that it helps somebody. And um, please share this. If you know anybody that needs to hear it, please feel free to share it. Um, tag somebody down below. Whatever that is, I appreciate it. That's how the podcast gets out for people to hear it. So um, I thank you so much for hanging out with me. I hope you have an amazing day and I'll see you again soon. Bye-bye.